If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And then I started to see people going after their dreams and their list just because we were going after ours. And so there was this ripple effect that was created. That's awesome. You know, where there was like, when you watched the show and you were inspired to travel, that's the ripple effect. It's like, I didn't know about that, but you can't see yeah. it. So when you do the things that you love, you, it creates this ripple that goes far beyond what you'll ever know. And that is sometimes invisible. And you don't know how that affects people. Hello, hello, Jemad. Jemad is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And as always, the sponsors that you may hear today and their special offers, because it always varies, of course, will be linked in the show notes, along with ways to connect with myself and the Yom community. And this episode, this episode was fun and expansive, and it's an episode that I think everyone and their grandma, especially their grandma, actually may want to hear. And I chat with Ben Nempton, who is a number one New York Times bestselling author, co-founder of the Buried Life Movement, and inspirational keynote speaker. And he has delivered over 500 keynotes to brands and Fortune 500 companies around the globe. And his resume is quite long because he has checked off a lot of things, a lot of items off his bucket list. And we talk about the power of creating your bucket list and living without regrets and letting go of the fear of failure or the significance of accountability and the beauty of the ripple effect and also why people delay their bucket lists and why people don't even pursue whatever it is their heart truly desires. We also talk about his bucket list experiences which are wild and for most people feel impossible but he made the impossible possible and is very inspiring in that aspect and in many aspects and in the beginning as well I share a reason why this podcast just felt exceptionally special for some reason and it was a full circle moment for me and so I, I, I had to uh, include that in the recording so you guys can listen to that. You might find it cute, might find it cute. Anyway, with all that being said, I'm excited for you to listen and enjoy Ben's wisdom. And so let's get on with the show, shall we? Ben, welcome, welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming and I'm excited to have you on. Oh my God, I'm happy to be here. Very excited. <laughs> so Adam introduced, well, brought you to my awareness in Q, he brought you to my awareness and I thought that, well, you and I had been communicating via email for months or I was communicating with your team and I just realized that I actually have known about you for quite some time because I remember being 19 or 20 in my small, tiny LA apartment, feeling a little hopeless, even though I had, was super ambitious and I was an avid MTV watcher, you know, that I grew up on MTV basically and the buried life was on. I had no idea. I had no idea until today that you were on The Buried Life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this feels full circle because I remember years later when I did my solo travels, The Buried Life came to mind and I was like, you know, the guys would do something like this. <laughs> I mean, I was always honored for you to come on and now I just feel like, what? This is wild. Oh my God. That's great. Thank you for saying that. And that's, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That's a good throwback. And your toast at a stranger's wedding. Top tier <laughs> yeah. comedy, I must oh, say. That was terrifying. <laughs> So Ben, I'd like to ask, this is what I ask everyone in the beginning of the show, is what is letting you on most in this season of your life? Well, you know, I've been doing a lot of um, speaking. And when, I was, when I'm speaking, I'm usually speaking to companies. And so 
none of my friends really knew what I was doing because they not the general public typically they weren't open events and so I wanted to kind of make something that um, took all the things I'd been speaking about and put it into an actual you know tool for people and so I just finished making the bucket list journal which is you know what I wish I always had when I was going after my list was just and that's just accountability you know and and keeping myself on track so I don't forget about these things that are so important to me that are the first things to get pushed under the rug. And uh, so I, I finished that and, and, and put that out in the world. So it's, it's something that I'm super excited about because I feel like it's just a good tool for people to stay on track and not forget about the things that you know, typically you regret not doing on your, on your deathbed. I mean, that is a great tool. And I'm a proponent of living without regrets. I'm one of my biggest fears back when was looking at my future self and worrying about if she would look back at her life Mm. and I wondered what she would regret. That really hit me when I turned 30 and you know, now the course of my life is changing in a variety of ways because I recognize that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, they can think about that. They can wonder that, but without the actual tool to have physically in front of them, it makes it hard to want to even take action or hold yourself accountable. So this is so perfect to have. It feels like it's on theme with what I've been talking about on the podcast for a while. Mm. I, I think it's like interesting that you used to, you know, consult your future self because, and, and, that's kind of what I, I really like thinking about myself on my deathbed or just death in general. Cause I feel like it's a very, <laughs> you know, it's, it feels morbid, but it's actually such a great t- thing to think about because it put things in perspective. Right. If you don't remember you're going to die. You kind of feel like you have all this time, yep. but you really don't. And so if you're like every day, remind yourself that you're mortal, then the, the stuff that doesn't matter it matters less, you know, you're like, I always try and think about if I'm stressed out about something, I'm like, if I'm, am, am I even going to remember this next year, let alone on my deathbed? Like, I, I don't think I will even remember what the hell I'm so stressed out about right now. And that put things in pers- perspective. So you try and, you know, let go of that stuff and use it as a way to cut all the BS and only focus on the things that are important. And the things are, that are important ultimately are, are the regrets that people have, you know, and, um, you know, this comes out of uh, Bronnie Ware's book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. But it's like, I wish I would have lived for me, not what other people wanted for me. I wish I would have had the courage to say what I really felt. I wish I would have stayed in contact with friends. I wish I, wish I would have worked less. I wish I would have let myself be happier. And these are all things that um, we don't typically keep top of mind in the day-to-day because we're on the grind and we've we put in our minds that there's these things that we need to do to be successful. When in reality, sometimes they're, they're much different. So it's sort of like we need that slap sometimes to remind ourselves, wait, this is like, this isn't going to happen forever. You know, like I'm not just going to be here and have all this time. If I'm lucky, you know, I'll get to be old, but maybe not, you know. So that's why you, when you almost die or you someone close to you dies, it shakes you up. And and that's the yes. the the... the typically what changes your perspective. So how can you get that change of perspective without having to have to go through that trauma? Mm, Absolutely. And also not only for yourself, but I think about that for others who I love. Like for example, my dad's almost 80. So I'm spending as much time with him as I can, you know, or people that you love in your life as well, just really wanting to nourish those relationships because you're like, this is the time that you have with them. Everything is put into perspective when you look back at that. But I also would love the listeners to hear about your story and what in your personal life prompted you to spread the need and the knowing that more humans would benefit from creating a bucket list? Because you, in a sense, have been doing this for probably over a decade now, right? And it came to you at a young age, which is wild. So I'd love to know what prompted this. Yeah. So it's been about 15 years, wow. which um, it started in, uh, where I grew up in Victoria, British Columbia, just by Vancouver. And for me, it started um, in a quite dark place. You know, I was in my first year of university and I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed academically and athletically. I had an academic scholarship and I was on the national under 19 rugby team. And it's a big sport on the West Coast of Canada. And um, I just crashed. I mean, I was just so worried about 
the World Cup and and I played fly half, so it's like you kick the field goals and call the play. So it's high pressure position. And we were training for the World Cup. I was, you know, I was I was worried about doing well at school. I was worried about fitting in. I was worried about what other people thought. And but it was I was living the dream, quote unquote. You know, yeah. I was like, this was the high school dream. <laughs> Um, but what I would sort of later realize is I, I wasn't actually living my dream and and what I needed to figure out is like what I wanted and I didn't even realize that I was not living true to myself um, and so I started to get depressed and I started to get anxious and I, I, I to the point where I was crippled by a depression I, got, I couldn't go to school so I dropped out of school I couldn't go to practice so I got dropped from the national rugby team and I was a became a, sort of a hermit in my parents' house. I couldn't really leave the house. I couldn't go see friends. I, you know, I just felt like it just kept getting worse and worse, and I didn't know what to do to stop this dark spiral. And I was terrified. I was really scared. And it wasn't until my friends came to literally kind of pull me out of the house to come work with them in a new town for the summer that I, you know, after I dropped out of school, they all worked in a new town, and they rallied me to come with them and and I started to meet different types of people and I realized that these people were giving me energy and I started to understand that some people gave me energy and some people drew energy from me and ultimately that there was people that made me energize and feel more like myself and I also started to do things on my own I had to get a job so I started feeling confidence and I started talking about these th- dark struggles I was going through, which was the first, the first time in my life I was talking to my friends and, and they were saying things like, Hey, you know what? Like I've kind of gone through something similar or I've been through this. And I was suddenly realized, well, I, I guess I'm not totally messed up. Like this has happened to other people. I didn't know that there were other people that mm-hmm. had experienced this type of struggle, right? At that age, you just, you think you're totally just broken. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm not alone, that makes me feel better, you know? And I started to talk with a therapist and ultimately that was the biggest thing. Yes. But this kind of realization that there was this whole new world of people out there and some of them actually like were very energizing to me. And so I thought, well, I'm going to try and only surround with myself with those types of people That's awesome. from now on. And so like I got back home after that summer away, I was kind of feeling back to myself a little bit. And there was one kid from my neighborhood that I felt like was inspiring, you know, because I had made this commitment. I'm going to only surround myself with people that inspire me. And so I called him up. He, he had made these films in our neighborhood. And I was like, you make movies. I want to make a movie. Let's make a movie. And so we got like two other friends from the neighborhood and we all started talking about making this film. And we had no idea what the film was going to be about. We just thought we'd make a summer movie and show it to our friends. And what was kind of serendipitous was that same friend that I reached out to was in English class and his English professor assigned his whole class a poem called The Buried Life. And it was a 150-year-old poem written by an English poet. And it was talking about the same feeling that we were feeling, which is that our true self was buried. Like There were all these things that we wanted to do in life, but we'd never even tried to go after them because they got buried by the day-to-day. And we were inspired in this moment, but then it got buried. And we were inspired by another moment, and then it got buried. So we never did them. And so we thought, well, if this guy felt like this 150 years ago, and we're not the first people to feel like this. So why don't we borrow this name for our film? We'll call it The Buried Life. And that was the kickoff of this idea of making a list of all of our buried dreams. And that was our bucket list. Wow. And then deciding that we're going to hit the road for a road trip in 2006 to tackle our bucket list. And these were like outrageous bucket list items they were like you know make a tv show play basketball with president obama have a beer with prince harry sit with oprah pay off our parents or mortgage like we just pretended (laughs) that we could do anything that is so awesome and you did that's what's awesome well eventually it's sort of we've surprised ourselves with what was possible and then the other the other piece of the of the of the project was helping other people with their dreams so it was like we'll do something on our list we'll help someone else do something on their list and so we hit the road for a two week road trip. And then surprisingly, like people wanted to help and people heard about it. And then it was right. local news and then it was national news. And then we got all these emails coming in. People are saying, Hey, I saw your list online. I can help you do this. I can help you do that. Or this is my dream. Can you help? And we're like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Like we're getting <laughs> all of these emails. We can't even keep up with them. And so we just kept doing it. And that 
two week road trip lasted like 10 years. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. And so those things that we thought were totally impossible that we wrote down as pipe dreams, you know, the big list items that we kind of laughed when we wrote them down. We're like, well, there's no way these will ever happen. You know, eventually they, they all came off the list. And so it was, it was really interesting because this, I you know, look, we, we had no idea what we were doing, right? We didn't even think we were going to achieve any of these things. But what I've realized is, is that this, this list for me was for the first time in my life, I was writing down and talking about what I really wanted. Right. And, and I'd never done that before. And I think one of the biggest problems, uh, the, 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 the biggest reasons contributing to unhappiness is that we're not living for ourselves, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. Because allowing yourself to say what you really want is hard to do. And letting go of what other people think is uh, uh, is, is also hard to do. But getting the the thing or the life that you want is not as hard as you think. And for us, you know, being true to, like for me, I guess I should say, um, when I'm true to myself, like life just happens for me, you know, like things start to click. And when I start to get depressed or down or stuck, life is not in flow. Like, I'm like, why is this so hard? You know? And, and I realized typically I need to change some part of what I'm doing because it's not in alignment with who I truly am. And so this list became this reminder of all these things that were important to us and, 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 and sort of began to expand so that this list was not just adventure and travel. It was like, what are our relationship yes. goals? What are, our, what's, what are my intellectual goals? What do I want to learn? How do I want to give back? mental health goals, physical health. So that when you stop and think about these things, you know, which is typically what is what um, we don't do because we're so busy, but like by writing your list, you actually force yourself to slow down and think about what's important to you. And the number one regret that people have at the end of their life is not living for them, right? It's, it's I wish I would have lived for me, not for what others expected of me or what others wanted for me. And that is a devastating place to be if you're on your deathbed and you just suddenly realize like, oh crap, fuck, I blew it. It feels like we kind of know that deep down too, but it's really, it's very hard. I understand when people are living in a very heavily influenced bubble where it's hard to see beyond your scope. But hopefully you have reached enough, many, many people who have been able to just kind of step out of that world for a little bit to realize like, look, I can do things for myself. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it's hard sometimes because we're so, we're so busy and we also think it's selfish to do these things. You know, it's like, I have a family, yeah. I have a job. Yeah. Like I have shit to do. Like I can't just yeah. <laughs> like drop it and yeah get an RV and travel around the country for 10 years, you know? And it's like, well, that's true, but that's actually not what this is about. What this is about, I've realized is that it's taking the time to identify what is truly important to you and then identifying how much time you can commit to that. And once you identify the amount of time that you can commit to it, whether it's a day, um, a week, a one hour a week, you know, a weekend a month, one weekend a year, whatever that might be, then it's protecting time for that so that you can focus on that because you know you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself. And by doing these things that you love, that fuels you, that gives you energy, that allows you to be the truest version of yourself, which means you're more powerful Absolutely. as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as a professional in every aspect of your life. So you need to make sure that you protect time to do those things that are important to you because it's going to impact the rest of your life. And that means creating accountability around those things to make sure that they don't get pushed under the rug. Mm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's lots of ways to do that and we can, we can talk about that. But basically, if you look at the research, you know, Tom Gilovich is a professor at Cornell. He's, he's a psychologist, uh, 
pretty well-known psychologist in the U.S., he wrote this paper called The Ideal Road Not Taken, which basically he found that when he asked people on their deathbed, what's your number one regret? They said, not living for me. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we looked at why, it's because, number one, there's no deadlines for these personal passions and goals, so we push them. Number two, you were usually waiting to feel inspired to go after these things, but this inspiration, it doesn't just like hit us out of the blue. So we wait, we wait for the perfect time, and then we think we have all this time, and we realize all of a sudden, oh, I'm old. I can't do it. It's, it's like I missed my shot. And then the third, and this is actually the biggest, which is the fear of what other people think or the fear of failure is the number one barrier that stops us. Yes. And I love that in the beginning of your bucket list journal, you actually wrote this, but instead of pointing out why people won't commit to their list, well, I, okay, actually, maybe that is what you meant, but I read it first as like, why we put off our list, like creating our list, because for myself, I would put off creating a list because of the feeling of overwhelm. Like there's just so many things that I have in mind and they're very big, ambitious things. And what if I let that fear of failure, what if I don't make it happen? And so for you to write that in the very beginning was actually a really great choice for people who before, instead of putting it at the end, like putting it in the very beginning so that when you're writing the list, you're aware of why people often put off their list. Yeah. Cause I think that awareness is really, really key. You know, I mean, there's really one purpose for the journal. Yeah. Don't be one of those 76% of people that die regretting the things they didn't do. <laughs> um, and so it's like, okay, that's the problem. And that's a big freaking problem. And this is a problem that we've been, it's not a new problem. The Buried Life poem talked about this exact same thing in 1852, like almost 175 years ago. So, and, and we're just getting more and more buried as we get more disconnected, as there's more technology. So this is a human problem. And, and, if, and this is the number one regret we have at the end of our life. So you could argue this is the biggest problem we, we, we need to face in our lives. I mean, Tom Gilvich talks about it in his research. Bronnie Ware talks about it in her book. As the, it's consistent as, as the number one regret. And so you kind of think, okay, you know, that's the problem. Now, like, why? Because if, if that's the biggest problem, there's, we need to understand why this happens and how we can avoid that problem. And, and so that's what Tom Gilovich, the, the researcher or the psychologist looked at, and he's like, okay, here's the, here's the issues. No deadlines, waiting to feel inspired and fear. It's like, okay, these are the problems. Now, how do we get over those problems? And my goal for the bucket list journal is to help you get over those three problems because you know, if let's, if you look at like the fear of, um, failure or the fear of what other people think, these are just fears we have, like they're not going away. And so to, to think that you're going to get to the point before you begin, where you suddenly are feeling ready, in my experience, it doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> right. There's always something and another narrative you create. Exactly. And it's also, I learn by doing so. When I try and I fail, even if it's full out failure, at the very least, I've learned something about myself. And usually it's a pivot in the direction that I know I need to go. So it ends up being actually a net positive. And so the the fear of what other people think, I think, is something that's difficult for me. It's 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 I think we we all feel it at some level, some less than others. Yeah, that's human nature. It truly is. Yeah. It just is. I, yeah. But I think the distinction is that like I don't think people are thinking about you as much as you think they are. Right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We're our worst critic. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, the reality is people just aren't thinking about you as much as you think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Failure is a stepping stone to success. And the and the big I thing is like how uh how can you look at these fears and decide what is actually a risk and yeah. not a made up fear? So is this a fear of like connected to ego of what other people are going to think about you if you fail? Or 
is this a real risk to your well-being? Is this a real risk to your financial well-being? Is this a real risk to your family? Those are real risks, right? But if you can just make a list of all the real risks, not the more imagined fears, then you can start to look at, okay, what is really at stake here? And I just think that's important is to identify what's at stake versus and the risks, not the fears. Oh, do those risks really matter is another question. Yeah, exactly. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their best sellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic that's thrive cosmetics c-a-u-s-e-m-e-t-i-c-s dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order shall we go over how to create the list yeah i think that's uh that's great because i think sometimes it's overwhelming to look at a blank page yeah i feel overwhelmed i feel that netflix phenomenon of choice overwhelm where there are so many pathways in my mind and it's like which one do i even write down first where i almost it's paralyzing you know yeah i mean i think it's the same way when you think about purpose you're like wow i mean <laughs> i don't know what my purpose yeah. is so i kind of like to think of a list as like a a list of all your mini purposes oh like, i love that for me your purpose is just something that fills you up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to be your be all and end all. It's just what brings you joy and happiness. That's those are the parameters with your, with your list. So when you think about your list, instead of just looking at a blank page and thinking about what are all my hopes and dreams, I find it helpful to actually break down the list writing process and think about your list in different categories. So instead of well, I guess when I thought about a list, I thought more adventure and travel list items, you know, travel to, to Spain or, you know, climb this mountain, skydive, ski here. And those are great list items, but they only represent one of 10 categories of your life. So you got to think about what are your, well, let's look at the 10 categories of life, right? And these are in the journal. And this is sort of how you start is you write your list in these 10 categories. So it's what are your physical health goals, mental health goals? creative goals, intellectual goals, like what do you want to learn? Uh, Relationship goals. That's a big one. One of the top five regrets of the dying, as I mentioned, is I wish I would have stayed in contact with friends. Mm, That's right. I just checked one of my relationship ones off, which was get a puppy, which which was actually, there's a whole thing behind. I had a block why I wouldn't get a puppy for a long time, though I wanted one. Just got one Sunday. And so I checked it off my bucket list in your journal. <laughs> That's great. What's the puppy's name? Frankie. Frankie. Uh, 
love Frankie. Well, <laughs> well, good for you. So you already checked one off. So yeah, that's that's relationships. So it's like any 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 type of relationship that you that you cherish, basically that that or that you want to nurture because relationships take energy. So you have to be intentional about the time you spend building and nurturing that relationship. So which are those relationships that are important to you? Um, and how can you uh, carve out time to make sure that you invest in those? And so that's maybe a phone call. That's maybe a meeting with the person. That's a trip or whatever it might be. But first and foremost, you write down, you know, who do you want to, and that could be your romantic partner, right? You want to identify special time for you to make sure that you stay connected. Absolutely. Um, so that's one of the categories. There's, uh, how do you want to give back? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you want to make an impact? Financial goals, professional goals. And to not be shy. Even material. I saw here you had materials. Like, yeah, why not? Totally. <laughs> why not? Okay, to just buy something because you want it. Exactly. Like- <laughs> and I also like that you wrote to be a little more specific, not just write, oh, here it is. Be healthier. Uh, Do's. Be vegetarian for six months. For me, this was a good one because I have written read more. And you wrote, read one book mm-hmm. per month this year. You know, make it more mm-hmm. actionable. Yeah, I think you want to make sure that you write it in a way. So one, you define your goal so it's clear whether you've achieved it or not. So it's like read more. You don't really know what that means. It's like, well, I, I read an extra page <laughs> mm-hmm. this month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I read Twitter. <laughs> I read Frankie Bedtime <laughs> Story. Like, So what is that? Like, how do you know if you've achieved it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can be more specific with things and places. So instead of travel more, it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, you want to visit three new countries this year? Or do you want to actually go, you know, walk the Camino? So those are the, the, and then you can also be affirmative with your language. Say, I will do this if you like, instead of try to. Yes. But it's like focusing on actions, not intentions, and attaching a timeline or a deadline is really important so that you make sure you you know when you want to complete it by like that creates accountability writing it down creates a bit of accountability you know it feels small but when you write down your goals you take this thing that doesn't exist which is just a thought and you make it real so now you have a reminder that it exists and it as you get buried by the day-to-day you come back to your your list you come back to your journal or whatever and you you're like, oh yeah, these are the things that are important to me. I've already taken the time to think about this. I already have put in the work. So I know that these are the really important. And now I have this reminder. So it it creates a bit of accountability. And then you can like put it in your calendar. Hey, you know, I'm gonna read more. So I'm gonna put in my calendar every night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Or a reminder of my phone. Hey, it's time to read. Get those spectacles out, <laughs> you know? Right. And I noticed you wrote share as well, which I know can be so hard for people to, you know, it's, I feel sometimes you write something down that feels so sacred, but you might have that fear of judgment, or maybe you are afraid. Maybe you're superstitious. I can be sometimes superstitious with things. I'm like, well, (laughs) if I say this, it's not going to happen. And that's not true, right? It's just a silly, it's just a superstition that, you know, sometimes comes to mind. And so why do you think it's important for us to share our list with others? Well, in my experience, the, you know, the only way that we cross things off our list is through the help of other people. And so they could only help us because we shared and we shared with everyone that would or would not listen. We would talk with strangers on the street when we were doing our road trip. We would camp out at radio stations and not leave until they put us on the air where we could share our list or ask people to send us their dreams. And the more people we shared with, the more support we got. And, you know, you'd be surprised how people step up in unexpected ways when you share your goals and dreams and passions or whatever it might be, your list items with authenticity and with creativity and with heart, you know, I always think about like people tend to step up in unexpected ways. You, they tend to like be a hero when you least expect it when you share your goals, you know, but you you really have to put yourself out there. And that's what we get tripped up on, right? It's like, well, what are people going to think of my dream? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or, or what if they know this is what I want to do and I fail? Yeah. You know, what if they what if they know I want to be? Uh, a puppy mom and, and I'm a terrible puppy mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And so when you push through that vulnerability, 
Yeah. Usually that's when really great things happen. And because that discomfort that you feel, that's actually not bad. Right. <laughs> right. That fear is not negative. That actually is positive. That means that you're growing. Like you're pushing yourself to evolve. That this evolution is not easy. Like you didn't get to where you are just by coasting. Like you have to take risks. You have to push yourself. You have to jump out on a limb and do something that you haven't done before, right? Start the podcast from scratch and you don't know if people are going to listen to it. It's like there's fear there and that's what stops most people. But if if you wouldn't have shared that or started that first pod, like obviously you wouldn't be here. So I think that there's two ways to think about sharing your list. One is it builds accountability because when you talk about your dreams, then you think, well, I told them this is what I'm going to do. And now I kind of feel like I have to, like if I come on this podcast and I'm like, you're like, what's your next list item? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm writing my next book. Like it's going to be freaking amazing. It's like, I'm almost, you know, I've almost figured out what it is, but by the end of the year, I'm going to write my book. And then I see you like, six months later and you're like, Oh my God, Ben, how's it going? Like, how's the book coming? And I'm like, I probably think like, Oh, I better start writing that book. You know, the more you share, the more accountable you feel. Very, very true. So that's one sort of positive is like you get accountability. The other is you get support, right? Like it, if I, if you're faced with a challenge, let's say at work or something like that in your professional life, usually what do you do? You, you go, you ask for help. Like you're like, Hey, to a colleague, to a mentor, to someone who's done this before. You're like, hey, I'm, I, I've hit this roadblock. Like, what do I do? I have no idea. Like, hey, you, you've done this before. Like, what do I do? You ask for help. But with these personal passions and goals, we typically try to do it on our own. And we just don't give other people the opportunity to help us. So you give other people the opportunity to help. You create accountability. And if you really want to step it up a notch, then you can be intentional about your outreach. So if I say like, I want to write a book, like I'm going to share that with some of my friends. But if I really want to be more intentional about it, I'll share it with people that know authors or I'll share it with an author. And I'll, and I'll say, hey, listen, I, I know you've written a book. I'm starting to write my book. I know nothing. I'm just wondering if I could borrow 10 minutes of your time just to ask you a few questions just about jumpstarting this process. And, you know, and you'd be very sort of concise and open and respectful. And usually people remember where you are because they were there themselves. And you ask that enough times, you're going to get someone that says, yeah, you know what, jump on a call. And then you might find someone that can actually help hold your hand through the process, you know, and so you can be uh, sort of tactical with your outreach. Um, And I think that that also helps you you know, find the right advice and the right support. Oh, true. And that reminds me of that is a resource in the sense that was having the connections or reaching out to authors, but could it even be authors you don't even know? And it doesn't have to be a book, for example, but for whatever it is, somebody you don't even know, you can reach out to. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, you're going to get no's, right? So I think you just sort of understand that that's part of the process. Yeah. But all you're looking for is one yes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how many no's you get. Absolutely. Sometimes you're just looking for one yes. And it's just a numbers game. So this is where persistence yeah. is so key. Is we look at people that are successful. And I think oftentimes we think, wow, they're so smart. <laughs> they're so much better than me. They're so lucky. <laughs> They've got it figured out. <laughs> they're so lucky. They're so talented. Yeah. When in reality, like, they were just like you when they started. Like I see people that are really successful and I've known them for a long time. And I remember when they first started out and I thought, what are they doing? Like that, like it's not, that's not working, but they just kept at it, kept at it, iterated, learned, gained support, brick by brick, built whatever they've built. And you, you forget how long that takes. And it's a numbers game, like trying again and again, with that creativity and authenticity. And, and I also think that people, for me anyways, right? like I didn't know what was possible until I was actually doing it <laughs> with no a lot kidding. of these big listens. Like 
playing basketball with President Obama. No way did I ever think that was ever going to happen until I saw him walk on the court at the White House. And I was like, there he is. I guess I have no choice but to believe that these things are possible. When you think about these dreams, you're sometimes, you can't imagine yourself being there and doing that. And so you just have to charge forward until you're there. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, here I am. Like I, I made it here. And then you prove to yourself that you're capable of doing these things. And a few of those bigger dominoes fall. And then your whole belief system changes where you suddenly realize like, wow, I guess like I'm in control of what I want and what I'm able to achieve. And it's not, do I want to do this? It's does this thing align with who I truly am, you know, because that is the most important piece in my mind is being true to who you are and coming back to, is this thing that I'm doing fueling me to be that true version of myself so that I can make the biggest impact. I can have the most fun. I can be the person that I know I need to be and ultimately live the life that I, that I want. That's, that's true to who I, I really am. And so it's hard to do though, right? Like to be true to yourself, you got to not care what other people think. You got to commit to action. You know, you got to give without expectations, but the more and more I think about this, it's like, that's all this really is. <laughs> it's, 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 this whole journey has been about self-discovery, right? It's like, it started as a bucket list, but it really was a path of being true to myself. And I think that it's sort of this timeless thing that gets buried. And so, you know, I, I, I believe that this, this whole, when you do that, the big win is that you also inspire other people to do what they want to do, what they love. So it's it's really not selfish because when you're doing the things that you love, you inspire other people to do the things that they love. And when we started Buried Life, I thought it was selfish to have a bucket <laughs> list. I was like, well, I got like, I got things that I got to do and I got to prepare for school and I, you know, someday we'll have a family and like, and then I started to see people going after their dreams and their list just because we were going after ours. And so there was this ripple effect that was created, That's awesome. you know, where there was like, when you watched the show and you were inspired to travel, that's the ripple effect. It's like, I didn't know about that, but you can't see yeah. it. So when you do the things that you love, you it creates this ripple that goes far beyond what you'll ever know. And that is sometimes invisible and you don't know how that affects people, but I'm sure you've experienced this where you're like, your listeners are like, oh my God, like you inspired me to do this or you inspired me to think about that. It's because you're doing what you love and you're giving permission to other people to do the same. Mm. And that I think is the world that we want to create is if more people did what they love and were true to themselves, I think, and I'm, I know it sounds cheesy, but or hyperbolic, but it's like, I think it will actually change the world is that it will create this ripple where people are a little happier, more people feel like they can give a little more and they're being fulfilled because they're taking time to do the things that are truly important to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And no matter what field of life it is, like for you and your friends, you had your list that you were going after and there's now, if you look on YouTube, so many people who are probably inspired at doing that, like Yes Theory and others, right? Mm -hmm. I think Yes Theory said that they were inspired by The Buried Life. Did they not? Yeah. So they were going to school in Montreal uh, when the show was yeah. coming out. And they were inspired to do this 30 Days of Yes, which is like a YouTube video every day where they said yes to something. And... um that launched their their whole channel and now you know like seven eight million subscribers on youtube and probably i think the best like aspirational content on the internet just phenomenal yeah you know long form beautiful stories mm -hmm. and yeah it's so cool i mean i was just with yeah. thomas in paris because he just moved to paris he's one of the creators amar is in venice oh you know them that's awesome yeah well, as soon as they moved to venice they we we met them they were like guys we we need to Meet you guys. That's awesome. They reached out 
Amar reached out to Duncan because Duncan had a dream of recreating a photo that his grandfather had or that of his grandfather that he had of his grandfather sitting on top of the Egyptian pyramids. <gasps> I just got chills. That is wild. That's and so Amar cool. had the same the same dream. And he's from Egypt. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And so Amar reached out to to Duncan, be like, "Hey, we have this dream. Let's see if we can make it happen." And so they worked together, and um, Amar has been trying to do it for a long, long time. And it's uh, I won't give away. They made a, a full. A documentary about it they did yeah it's called the lost i think it's lost pyramid or something i just got chills again yeah so it's but this you know okay so this is a perfect example of the ripple effect um is that so yes theory inspired by buried life they go on to create this huge impact you know massive massive impact yeah they're inspiring millions of people to seek discomfort and live the life that they want to live and all of those folks are out there. There's all these yes theory meets meetups, and they're inspiring their community. And it's it's, it's impossible to measure that impact, but it's it's very big. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. But but when I think back to who inspired me and and the, the rest of the guys to start buried life, I think about one friend in high school that started a clothing line out of nowhere. And I was so blown away. I was like, how did you do that? You don't know anything about fashion. Like you just created this clothing line. And he's like, yeah, what, what do you mean? I, I was like, how did you do it? Well, I just did it. Like I took out a loan. And I made it happen. And I was like, I was just flabbergasted. That's a good word, actually, flabbergasted. I haven't used that in a long time. <laughs> that was what you were feeling, though. That's what I was feeling. And I was probably didn't know. I was like, what is this feeling I'm feeling? <laughs> Uh, and now I know I was flabbergasted. So I was flabbergasted and I was like, well, uh, can I get involved? Can I help? And I started to help him out and I, and I was helping him out and I was having so much fun. And at one point I thought, well, if, if he did this, I wonder what I could do. And I was like, I want to make a movie. And I called up Johnny and I asked him if he wanted to make a movie and that started the whole buried life thing. Okay. The important thing to note here is that this clothing line wasn't successful, quote unquote, right? It doesn't exist anymore. It lasted for a couple of years or whatever. So in, for all intents and purposes, it was a failure. <laughs> okay. Right. But like, if you look at it objectively, you're like, well, like the clothing line failed. It doesn't exist anymore. But if my friend hadn't started this clothing line, then we wouldn't have started Buried Life. Yes, there wouldn't have started Yes Theory, et cetera, et cetera. There you go. Oh. So the ripple effect... That's why when you do what you love, you inspire other people to do what they love. The clothing line wasn't a success, yeah. but my friend just made this clothing line because he had always wanted to do it out of the love of doing yeah. it. That inspired me to call up Johnny and triggered this ripple effect that was huge. Yeah. And so what's great about this whole idea is that it's proof that one person can create an incredible impact through this exponential and oftentimes invisible ripple. And so when you f when you feel like you're just one person, like you can't make an impact or there's so much negativity, every action you have has a reaction. And it's not just big actions, big gives of helping someone or starting a clothing line or starting moving a movie, but a smile creates a ripple a compliment to a stranger could have a huge impact on them. A random act of kindness. Every action has a reaction. So you, you're, in the, you're in the driver's seat. You, you have the power to create this ripple around you wherever you go. And it will impact people that you, that you don't know. So whether it's those small gestures or whether it's the thing that you want to do, right? Starting the clothing line the film, getting the puppy, <laughs> right? whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to inspire other people. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a win-win. Yeah. So I was like, wait, I can do what I love and I get to inspire people? Like that's the best. And so we just kept doing it, right? And so it's this, this idea that's not selfish to do the things that you love. It's service because you get to do what you love and you get to inspire other people. So by putting yourself first, you put yourself in the position to serve others because 
you're fueling yourself to be the best version of yourself and the truest version of yourself. And and that's the goal. That is the goal. Also, you know when you're listening to podcasts, you're listening to someone speak and you're feeling so motivated by what they're saying. Like right now you're saying this. I'm like, yes, I want to be part of this ripple effect or the listeners are listening. They're like, yes, I want to do exactly what I love or what I'm inspired by. I want to create that clothing brand and who knows what will happen from there or what you know may branch from that. But then, you know, you, you the podcast is over. You go about your day. You go about your week. You go about your month. You never really committed to how you're feeling inspired in this moment. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend people do when you and I hang up this interview? I think if you can find an accountability buddy, you are going to be 77% more likely to achieve that goal. So that's from... Agreed. The paper, the research paper that I, that I mentioned before. And so what does that mean? So mm-hmm. let's go back to the book example, just because we were talking before and you've talked about it. Um, so let's say I, I, I tell you, you know what? I'm going to write a book. and uh, But I, I, I want you to be my accountability buddy. So every month I want you to check in on me. And, I, and, I, and, and even better. So if someone checks in on you, that's good. What's even better is that you send regular updates to that accountability buddy. So if I say, I'm going to send you a new chapter every month, or I'm just going to send you the manuscript as far as I've gotten every month. So I know that I'm going to have to send you this, and that's going to keep me accountable. So who can be your accountability buddy? And so, you know, if you think about the steps, the step, the first step is figuring out what is the thing. Take some quiet time and be by yourself and think about what's important to you and write it down. That's your list. No rules. You can pretend you have a million, two million, ten million dollars in your bank. That'd be great because that takes off the limit of what you might think is possible. So imagine you have all the money in the world. Imagine you have the ability to do anything. What would you do? And you write all those things down with with no thought of how am I going to do it. It's just a brain dump. If you want to use the 10 categories of life as a guide, you can see them on uh, writeyourlist.com. So that's writeyourlist.com, which is the bucket list journal website. Use those as a guide. I'll put that yep. in the show notes. So use this as a guide if you like and map out your list. So now you've taken time to think about it. You've written it down. You're already on your way. You've already, you're 40% more likely to achieve your goal just by writing it down. So boom. And now it's like, okay, which of these things do I want to go after? You can't do them all at once. You don't want to be overwhelmed. Just take it one small step at a time. So then you're thinking, okay, here's my list. What do I want to do? If it's not jumping out at you, if you can't think about, or you you don't know how to pinpoint what is something that you want to tackle first or what's really, really important to you, what you can imagine is after you've written your list, imagine you come across a magic genie. And the genie comes out of the lamp and you're like, oh my God, you're a genie. And genie says, that's right. I'm a genie. (laughs) (laughs) I came out of a lamp. I've been here for a long time. It's good to be out. (laughs) Lucky day for you. I am going to grant you one wish. I'm going to help you cross off one list item, whatever you want, anything you want. I'm going to make it happen. But there's a catch because I'm a genie and genies sometimes have catches. And my catch is Mm -hmm. you can never cross anything off your list that you just wrote down. So you'll never do anything else that you wrote down your list if I help you. So what is the one thing you ask the genie to help you with? That typically will be the most important thing on your list. So that's a good Mm. indicator of what's truly important to you. That would be really hard though when you put, you know, your relationships and friendships into context along with, oh, that would be tough. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it forces you to choose. I mean, maybe you choose... Something that you just decide, I just want to start with this. But yes, yes. let's just decide on one that you want to begin with. Okay, so now you've chosen the one thing. So now it's about the most important thing is quick action. So you don't want to overthink. Sometimes we plan too much and we over plan and we get stuck in the planning process and we forget that action is a plan. Yep. <laughs> right? Like action is a plan. You know how I talked about one of the big barriers was waiting to feel inspired, waiting for inspiration? Yes. Well, you create your own inspiration through action. So by taking small steps towards your goal, it doesn't matter how big or how 
you know, how small, it doesn't matter if you know how to achieve the goal, but those initial small steps start to build inspirations. So you're creating your own inspiration. You're the architect of your own inspiration by moving. So when you write your list, that's a small step of action. When you share your list, that's a small step of action. And now that you've just sort of decided on this is the thing I want to go after, what I suggest is what are three things you can do in 48 hours? What are three 48-hour action items? Ooh, that's good. And so you can see in the journal when you open it up, there's a before and after page. And that's where you track all your goals. So you write your list. So, you know, write a book, let's let's say. Mm-hmm. And you, you look down and says, three things I can do in the next 48 hours. Boom, boom, boom. And those are your steps. They can be so small. They could be calling a friend, asking for help, doing some research to figure out what flights I could take, you know, booking the flight, that type of thing. Um, so now you've broken it down and you have 48 hour action items. And now you start to build structures of accountability. So again, if you look at the journal, there's like, who's my accountability buddy? Call that person, tell them, Hey, listen, my biggest dream is writing a book. I've been trying to do it for a year and a half. I'm just not getting there. Will you be my accountability buddy? I I, I want you to keep tabs on me. I want you to check in every two weeks. I, I'm gonna sit, I want you to keep me accountable to sending you the manuscript every month. And you know, so you find that person or community, right? Like maybe it's in a writer's group. Right. That is also a good one. Because I thought to say, what if nobody really comes to mind? Yeah. Well, then is there a, a, a community? And then it's, uh, can you set a deadline? Can you give yourself a reward? You know, like when when I used to um, go to the gym, if, if, if I rewarded myself with the, like a smoothie at the end of the workout, I would just go to the gym just to have the smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you could not have the smoothie unless you went to the gym. Yeah, it was a really good smoothie. And <laughs> I was just like, damn. <laughs> I could really use a smoothie right now. It's like, well, I guess I got to go work out. That's a good one. (laughs) You know, like what's a reward? Like, can you, you know, going back to the writing example, like every time you sit down and write for an hour, you know, you put like $10 in a a stash where, you know, you're going to use that money to go do something that you love, like go to your favorite restaurant or, you know, buy by Frankie that nice uh, leash that he's always wanted. He's always wanted for the past eight weeks. Yeah. You know, build accountability, set a reward, set a deadline, choose an accountability buddy, identify why it's important, um, identify the fears and the risks, right? These are all things that that are important. But you're, you're, you're really like starting to move over through these barriers of you're not waiting for inspiration, you're taking action. Yeah. You're, you're, you're overcoming the issue that there's no deadlines with personal goals because you're creating accountability. So you're creating your own quote unquote deadlines and you're identifying the risks and what are the made up fears. So you're not being stopped by the number one barrier, which is fear. Mm, That is the one thing that has gone in my way many, many times. So for you to emphasize this. Yeah. What, what Are there some things that come to mind when you think about your list? Oh, yeah. And the listeners know this. It was uh, around the start of 2020 when everybody was kind of staying at home. I was having my own little, I was just going through something, you know? And I had this moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, I know exactly deep down what I've always wanted to do, but I've never... There was a time where I just didn't feel worthy to do it. And then I just felt too old to do it. And that's when I was in LA. I was doing that thing. I remember watching The Buried Life and I was like, I have to continue sticking with this. But I had so many fears and blocks that um, I felt bound to. I I was, I've, I had been acting from the age of eight to about 21. Then I let it go for the reasons I was talking about. And then it hit me at 30 that that would be my biggest regret is not pursuing that. Mm. I'm so happy with the life that I've created for myself and I love everything that I've done. That's just still the one thing. And I sometimes I still cringe just saying that because I'm like, why are you even trying this still? But yeah, it just, it hit me. And so I felt like I had to go pursue this. And yeah. yet I still have these fear voices. I know that I have to. I know that I have to. Otherwise, my 70-year-old self would look back and wish that she at least tried a little longer. I mean, and that is all that matters. Yeah. 
really at the end of the day like picture yourself on your deathbed yeah your 90 year old self whatever it might be will they regret you not doing this and if the answer is yes i i believe you have to and so good for you for actually pushing through that uncomfortable feeling of being like oh like shit what are people gonna think i guess thank you that's probably the most uncomfortable part some people i feel like are like oh you're 32 and you've already got something great going on what do you want what more do you want (laughs) you know yeah well the thing is like people change exactly and so their hopes and goals and dreams change and so that's something that i think is just not we we're conditioned to believe that you just climb the ladder <laughs> right and success is getting as high on the ladder as you can when really no. success is doing what you love yeah. and being able to continue to be that full expression of yourself and you know i've been through like many many iterations of my career like started it started as a documentary then it moved to television then it was books now it's speaking now it's back to books but when i and we started a production company. We started making TV shows after our show. We produced shows for different networks, but I was totally unhappy. And I, I remember like, oh, fuck, like I'm feeling like this, starting to feel depressed. And I was like, I don't think I like to to do what I'm, like, I don't like what I'm doing. And And when I realized that, I was like, I guess I have to change. But it was so hard because I built this production company with my friends, the same guys that started the Barry life we spent three years building this we finally got to the point where we had investment like we were succeeding we had shows on the air and i was like guys i don't think i'm the guy to do this like i just it's it's my heart's not in it and when i was talking to my uncle who was a producer for a very long time and he was in his 70s at the time and i was talking about this dilemma and i was like uncle bill like i'm just having such a difficult time because I feel like I'm starting from zero. Like I, I built this thing and now I'm going to just give it away and walk away and just, and, and what do I have to show from it? And I'm going to start something from the beginning. And he's like, you're not restarting your career. You're recycling your career. Mm, okay. Chills again. Right? Like that, that wow. was a moment that actually shifted my whole perspective. And he said, everything you've learned producing, you're going to apply to your next thing. And we all should recycle our careers as many times as we feel like we need to because we change and we grow. And that's part of being a human being. (laughs) Oh, so true. And doing what you love, like doing what you love. I'll tell you what, going back in acting class is the best thing. Uh, Theater was my world. And I I could not agree more with everything that you said is just, uh, I hope the listeners are really, really, really taking that in. Ben, thank you so, so much. I know you want to have to catch a plane, but I have to ask you this last question uh, that I ask all the Your Own Magic guests. How would you advise Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? That is a great question. And I mean, I think it's consistent with what we've talked about, right? Which is you create your own magic by being true to who you are. Because I, I think that's when magic happens. You know, I told you that when... When, when, when serendipity, when magic, when, when I feel like I'm in a flow state of life, it's when I'm channeling who I truly am. And that's making the biggest impact on people. And that's making the biggest impact on my own self and my, my happiness. And I'm having the most fun. And life starts to unravel and roll out in front of me. And you know, whether it's a relationship that isn't authentic and working or it's something professionally that I'm working on that isn't in alignment or it's something smaller, you know, that I'm just not, I'm just overworked. I'm not taking time for myself. It's listening to who I am and, and following that. And it's such a hard thing to do for me anyways, you know, because of the pace of life. And, and so sometimes I think that it's it's good to actually take yourself out of your own head and, and, and thinking about yourself and just give to other people. Um, because like when you give without expectation, you immediately get something back. <laughs> you know, it's not like the the secret where you give and then eventually it'll come back. Like car like so the traditional idea of like karma, that. yeah. But it's like you feel it right away. It's like you're getting as you're giving. So um, true. 
and and I think that that is how you can how you can be your own magic is by by giving um, because that's going to fuel you, and then by being true to yourself because that's also going to fuel you. What a beautiful answer, especially since giving does help release that resistant narrative or the crippling anxiety or the depression that prevent you from doing what you want to do or and at least definitely helps it so that is a beautiful answer and ben this podcast episode i can't emphasize enough how needed it was for not only i'm sure the listeners but for myself so thank you so so much no and good for you for following that inner desire to get back into acting and you know to just just move through that that fear because it's like yeah it's such a tough thing to do you know and it's but it's but it's so important so <laughs> thank you kudos to you and congratulations on Frankie tell him I say hello oh I will I will <laughs> and where can everyone connect with you um, probably the best is Instagram which is just my mm-hmm. name at Ben Nempton or if you're interested in the journal you can go to writeyourlist.com or just search the bucket list journal on Amazon. Perfect. Thank you so much. And also, well, your YouTube channel has that Oprah interview, the old one. Oh, yeah. Everybody needs to watch that. That was gold. Oh, oh the big O. <laughs> yeah. If you'll notice, the whole time I'm just sitting with my legs just splayed open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, I need to go back and look at that. That's so Oh, my funny. God. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I understand why people cross their legs in interviews and I just am that sitting there so like I'm riding a horse. You know what though? You guys all have this energy like you're relaxed. You realized you're on Oprah, but you didn't really in a sense, which was endearing. That was the energy. Oh, I was, I was relaxed. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sitting like I'm on the couch at home. <laughs> So, uh, that's so great. Oh my gosh. I think more funny. people should inspire to be like that on talk shows. Like yeah. you keep it real. Well, yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're making me feel better. <laughs> All right. Go catch your flight and have an amazing day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.